Don't you get it? I'm trying to thrive. Wear some shades, baby, because I'm shining. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me. And I am your host, Angelica. This is the podcast that talks about a little bit of everything. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode here. This is the first time we're doing a collaborative episode with another podcaster. Welcome, Hannah, from the show called Advice from Hannah. How you doing, girlfriend? Excited. I'm super excited to be doing this, Angie. I've never done anything like this before. I know. And, you know, we were talking about it. And guys, you know what the thing is? We are both busy. We have different schedules. And to be honest, we live probably 30 minutes away from each other. We can't meet up because our schedules don't align. So we figured, why don't we just jam-pack this next hour and really just talk it out amongst ourselves about podcasting, about life, about balancing everything. And I'm excited because Hannah, I met you through Instagram and you had an amazing event called Party of One. And I've learned so much and I wanted to get to know more about you because I felt like I resonated with you a lot. And for those listening on to Hannah's podcast, my name is Angelica. I'm a Toronto local podcaster and my podcast is called A Little Bit of Everything with me, where we talk about a little bit of everything. And Hannah, tell my listeners about your podcast and about yourself. I think you're so freaking cool. I'm like, I'm like gushing. I'm fangirling you right now. Is this okay? Can I fangirl? Yes, you can. Um, <laughs> I've been doing this I'm a long time. <laughs> no, this is this is fun. This is fun. So I'm Hannah Guzman, uh, founder of the digital platform and brand Advice from Hannah. I am a speaker by trade, uh, you know, hype woman. I have my show as well called the Advice from Hannah Show. We air every Tuesday. Rain or shine, we out there talking about everything life, entrepreneurship, and Hannah's feelings. I talk about my feelings a lot, therapeutic for me. And yeah, that's that's kind of the nutshell of me. I'm just a kid. I picked up a mic one of these days, and now we're here. <laughs> and how long has it been since you've podcasted? Also, I forgot we, we, we forgot to do a sound check, and I know we're actually recording an episode, and I'm asking you, how do I sound? <laughs> You sound good. You sound so good. Like, you, like I'm like in awe of you. I'm like, wow, I want to sound like Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hannah, you know, it takes a lot of practice. And sometimes I have so many chords that I'm thinking, is my mic actually connected? And then that's where I freak out a little bit. But if I sound great, that's awesome. But I wanted to ask you, how long have you been podcasting? So I have been podcasting for three years now. It actually started off, I used to do Instagram lives. I'm notorious. I don't know if you got to see one of my lives. I'm a fun person on IG live. And it was post circa when IG didn't save lives. So my online community was like, well, you should start a podcast. This way, whenever you record, we'll be able to hear your interviews. And I was like, podcasting, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know what it was. And um I'm the type of person I don't like to, I kind of launch myself into things without knowing much about it. I don't like to do research because then it just gives me anxiety. Same. So for my birthday that year, I got a mic, a podcasting mic and reached out to an artist. He made me a cover and I got a DJ to create my beat. So my beat is customized to me. Nobody else has it. And I plugged in the microphone to my Dell laptop that didn't have a webcam. And I said, hi, this is Hannah. Here we are. Wow, that's amazing. I'm impressed. That's pretty cool. <laughs> How about you? How did you start yours? Well, it was, uh, let's see, it was the beginning of 2019. And I was just like, hmm, I listened to a lot of podcasts. I listened to a lot of shows, but also I was going through a lot in my life. Um, two years prior, I accepted the fact that I have a learning disability and it's a gift. It's something that, you know, will it's going to be stuck with me. Like there's no pill, there's nothing, there's no surgery involved to 
to remove this learning disability that I grew up with since the, wow, the second grade. And I, you know, I just said, you know, I want to build that confidence and I want to be able to speak and reach out to other children or parents to help them guide through my experience, but also guide their kids through their experience because they need to learn from others and how we became successful. And it sucks to hear that a lot of them were saying that, well, you know, my kids will end up at a dead end job and that's not what it is. You really have to support them and encourage them. So I had that in my mind. Let me start a podcast to really, you know, boost my self-confidence, talk to people, you know, engage and maybe turn it into something. And then I decided also my natural path, because I was going through uh, fraternity issues, it was so hard to have a child because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh, it's short form PCOS. Some people may have heard it. And they, my natural path like, you know what? You need to find a hobby. You need to find your inner happiness because your body is under a lot of stress. So I kind of decided, you know what, I want to make this happen. And that's what I did. I really just took it up a notch. And I said, you know what, let me start a podcast. I love reality TV. Let's talk about it. And then after it kind of shifted into interviewing guests, and I do publish between four to five times a week. And sometimes I can't, it's usually just the three times a week. And it's been such an amazing journey. I've I'm so happy to have met over 500 professionals all around the world with different backgrounds, amazing inspirational stories. I managed to have celebrities on my show, which has been a difficult task because, you know, celebrities like to keep their status and go on to certain podcasts. So, um, you know, there's so much more to this. And here I am almost four years coming up in February. And I'm just blown away of what I've created out of my little office here. (laughs) I think you're so flipping cool. <laughs> you're like so cool. Um, I'm not gonna stop fangirling you. You're aware of this. I gotta, I gotta turn on my podcasting hat, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm too googly eyed to, to even ask anything. When did you realize that podcasting was your thing? So you, you stepped into the space because you wanted to create a voice for yourself and share your personal journeys with, with everything that was going on in your life. But when was a turning point when you're like, shoot? This is something. Do you recall? Oh my gosh. I think it was, I think after 20 professionals being on the show, I managed to kind of self-reflect. I said, you know what? I'm doing a lot. Like I could turn this into something. I did not make obviously top one of iTunes chart. Like you've seen the the note and worthy, I think it's called. Um, But it was one of those things where I was just like, you know what, I got something really good here. I can I can create something. And I managed to find a co-host where she left me a voice message because I'm with Anchor. And she left me a voice message saying, hey, I love the show that you're recapping. So I built that relationship with her. And we managed to create something awesome. And we've been working together for so long. But I just honestly feel like after 20 guests and I hit the 20 guests and I surpassed the six month mark, that's when I said, okay, we've got something here. I need to push for it. You know, let's, let's keep going. You know, I knew that I couldn't make money off of this unless you do it else. Like how, how do I say this? Like you can, you can make money, but you have to do it in a different way, but not through podcasting. I'm one of those people that want to keep it sponsorship free. I don't want to like overwhelm people. Cause I used to listen to Conan O'Brien when he first started, he had nothing. And then he had this sponsorship and now he's got like 10 of them that I, it's just like, ugh, it's enough. I don't want to hear mm-hmm. anymore because I purposely pay for satellite radio not to hear commercials and here I am listening to a podcast that has commercials so I feel like it's also the mindset because I didn't have that implemented in my brain where it's like oh I gotta make money I gotta make money I gotta make money no it's really if you take away the money aspect of creating this then you become more authentic you actually do this because you have a passion you're not just doing it because you're getting a little paycheck of you know ten dollars because your episode hit five thousand downloads you know what i mean so to me i felt like after the six month mark after 20 professionals being interviewed i felt like you know what i got something here you dropped a bar 
you dropped a serious bar while you were talking and it was, you're not in it for the money. And it's one of my pet peeves when I get asked, are you making money off the podcast? It makes my blood boil because if we were in it for the money, we would have gone out. Oh, yeah. Right. We would be yeah. on a private island or something. <laughs> <laughs> Gilligan's Island. We'd have been on G- Gilligan's Island by this point, right? It's it's something I feel like for me personally, the podcast, when I realized that it was a turning point for me was I must have been around episode 30 and I had gone to a networking event and somebody said to me, oh, your advice from Hannah, the podcast. And I had never met this girl before in my life. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, I heard your show. You're really good. I was like, oh, well, thank you. And and it was just that that moment, right? And her and I, we collaborated a few times. And I, well, you just know to self, I got to email her because she wants to be on. And it was just one of those things where I'm like, wow, I really have something where I can amplify humans' voices that don't typically get a channel to do so. I agree with you. And this is where we both can really help other people to really showcase their craft, their services, whatever it is, or if they've gone through a traumatic event and they overcame those challenges, we need to highlight those people. And that's where I enjoy interviewing people. And it's amazing. Like I remember I had one who um, from the United States, she wrote a book, she went through a traumatic experience, she almost wanted to take her life. And she managed to have this epiphany moment of, she was in the adult entertainment industry and she, you know, went through the wrong path of taking drugs and everything and wanted to end her life. She just hated it. She almost lost everything. And where she was working out at the gym, she said, you know what? I'm going to apply to be a personal trainer. I need to change my life. And if I don't get this job, I'm going to take my life away. And she managed to get that job and she changed her life. She became a speaker. She's got a podcast to really tell you how it is straight up to kind of knock your senses out. And, you know, people like that inspire me. You know, there's so many amazing people on there. And you know what the amazing thing is? You probably get it too. When people finish your podcast and you're done recording, you hit stop. These people are always like, you know what? I had such the best freaking time or, you know, you are awesome. You do such amazing things. And thank you for giving me this platform. And, you know, to me, that's, that's the money making. That's the gold mine. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. these people are taking time to be on your podcast as they see that you're on so many different platforms. They see that you are all over the place and they see your lineup of people. They're just like, I want to be on this podcast and they're choosing you. They could choose. There's, you know what? There's probably like 5 million who are inactive. There's only 1.5 million that are active and they're choosing you. So it's pretty awesome to be in this position of podcasting to help these people give a platform for them to share their story. Most definitely. I think storytelling is powerful. And it's really, if you look at it historically, it's how, you know, our ancestors used to communicate through storytelling. So it's one of those things Mm -hmm. that I feel like it's almost, it's almost a right. It's almost like our duty to continue storytelling in a modern world without all the, all the, like the fluff, right? I usually, I like to go straight to the facts and to the nitty gritty but I, I find that a good interviewer is you start them off slowly, right? It's like a foreplay. <laughs> you 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 get them all juiced up, warmed up, and then you go in for the kill. So that's kind of how I I take my guess. But I'm like I'm like low key nervous that we're on each other's show. I'm not gonna stop saying this. I'm not gonna stop saying this at all. <laughs> it's all good. But I want to know what are your biggest challenges when it comes to podcasting? And I always ask this to a lot of podcasters because a lot of people think it's easy. And you know, they say there's statistics out there that after six months or after their sixth episode, people are like forget it. I ain't doing this anymore. You know what? I'm going to actually be truthful to you. I always get, this is a pet peeve of mine. I always get, oh, everything you do seems so easy. You make things look so easy. So one of my issues with podcasting is that people from the outside in think this is easy. So when they get into the podcasting space, I've, you know, helped create about 
five to six podcast shows that didn't make it past episode 20. I've been right there hand-holding with editing, you know, art, music, direction, how to reach out to guests. You know, I used to do it all. And it it hurts me not to see it go through, not to see it go to the second season. It like, it bothers me, you know, because it's it's one of those spaces that look easy, but in behind the scenes, you and I are interviewing people left, front and center and not hearing yeses. And, you know, the editing aspect of things, sometimes you're tired. Sometimes your guest doesn't show up. Sometimes you work so hard for this episode and they don't even repost to their network. So it, it those are my challenges with podcasting. And you said challenge, but I named them all. And it's one of those things that I have to remember. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about being consistent and building your legacy to whatever other platform that you want. It may not be podcasting forever. You may want to go to TV. You may want to go to film. You may want to go to, you know, literature, but this is a starting point for you. I hear you. Honestly, I feel like that's everybody. And the more I talk to people who've been in this industry too for as long as we have, they say the same thing, you know, and also that's amazing that you are helping others to start something. And I've done that too. I've helped about four people start their podcasts. And some of them are still in that draft stage before they even go live. They're still trying to figure out the kinks and all that. Because I always tell people it takes a long time. Like you actually need to sit down and really plan. You know, like editing is one of the biggest things here. I wish I had mm -hmm. endless amount of funds because I would have been like, here, take my five episodes. Of course, they would make a lot of money off of me if I had the money because look how many episodes I'm publishing. But you you have to, I always tell people, you need to learn to love the journey. If you're yeah. not loving to edit, then you're going to hate it. And then everything else is going to fall into that funnel of hate. You know, and, you know, a lot of people, the biggest thing when I was on Clubhouse, I spent so much time on Clubhouse trying to make connections. And, you know, eventually I made uh, great virtual friends to become speakers in their club rooms and sharing my experiences, you know, because they saw like the recognition I get and also the awards that I've received. So mm -hmm. the one question that really bothered me, which we already talked about it, was when do I make money? I just published my episode. I'm so excited. But when do I make money? And I'm just like, wah, wah, wah. you're not in the right mind to be making that money because you need to learn to market. You need to learn to talk to people. You need to learn to promote the crap out of that podcast. You need to learn to love to edit, to create your cover arts, whatever it is. And then we can talk about money in the next five to 10 years. And then they're like, oh, okay. You know, you can't compare yourself to the Joe Rogans. That man has been on Fear Factor in the 90s. He's made himself a name. He's moved up in the world. And he's able to get these million-dollar deals. You know, we're just one of many people that want to make it up in this world. But, hey, you got to do it at your own pace. You got to love the journey. So besides with everything, I know I put a lot into this podcast. I think now for me, it's time. You know, I became a new mom. I have a, going back to a full-time job. You know, Matt leave is, you know, was long, long ago. And, you know, having this full-time job, balancing the time is what's, you know, it's, it's difficult, you know, and now that I have another human being, a little person that I need to take care of, it's like, wow, what do I do? Because I'll be honest with you, Hannah, before it was like I would work from my 630 to 4 job, come home, freshen up, do three interviews, make dinner and do another two or sometimes dedicate myself to editing. And that was my day every day. Saturday and Sunday, I would have like three to four interviews in the morning. And then I'm like, hey, you know, what? I'm going to take time and edit. And then the day would go by. And then it's just this cycle that I went through all the time. But now it's just like, oh, crap. You know, my whole mat leave was just like, hey, mom, you're retiring in January. I'm going to pre-book myself for the rest of this year until I go back to work because I need to batch record episodes. So it does become a challenge for me now is time. How do I balance everything? I created this routine and now I'm struggling with a new routine, especially going back to work and everything. It's just like, holy crap, like what did I create here? Because 
I'm one of those people. If I take a hiatus for three months, it's going to become six months. Then it's going to become 10 months. And then what? All that work you put into it, it's gone. I beg to differ with you. I have to play devil's advocate in this scenario because your fan base, your following will come back. I, after my divorce, Angie, I couldn't pick up a mic for eight months. I couldn't do it. I cannot do it for the life of me. I cannot take this podcast and I couldn't do an episode. I didn't know how to edit because my former partner would do the editing for me. So I would, I sat in my bed for eight months and literally shriveled because I had no idea how will, you know, the queen of podcasting in quotation that I've been called, I don't have awards or none of that, but you know, within the circle that I'm in, how was I going to produce episodes, edit them, find people, market, you know, how? And it sounds so cliche, but you just figure it out. And, you know, one, okay, so ever since I've been posting my podcast, I post at midnight. And when I wake up at 6am, I always look at my numbers. And there's always 12 people that listen to me, always. And when I posted my very first episode after my break that I didn't promote, that I just dropped out of nowhere with no advertising on Instagram, I had 12 listeners at 6 a.m. And that to me was the biggest accomplishment to know that my 12 people have been waiting for me. And it's Mm -hmm. taken a while for me to pick up steam. It has. It's been difficult. But the consistency that got you to where you are today that same consistency will bring you to higher heights and it won't matter your hiatus. You mm-hmm. will get back into it and people will understand that Angie's working Angie's a mom and Angie's trying to figure it out. Just how I had no idea how I was going to pick up a microphone. People understood that the same way they'll understand for you. I agree. No, you're, you're right. In some way, the thing is, is because since the whole pandemic, I was like on a roll girl. I was like, holy crap. I'm like, we made Oh my God. I was on my ass. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, we made it. We're here. I cannot wait. I had this like thing. I'm going to reach a hundred thousand before the end of 2019. Like this is it. Like I can really push for this and I'm going on different platforms, sharing the podcast and doing my thing, interacting. And you know, the whole nine yards, we were doing Facebook lives with my co-host with the reality TV to pick up, you know, to help grow both of our podcasts. And I felt like that was great. But then the pandemic hit and I was just like, oh crap. Yeah, a lot of schedules, routines have changed and everything. But once everybody started going back to normal, I couldn't go back to where I was. So I had to like take a lot of time and figure out, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to rebuild? Because losing almost 500 plus people listening to you monthly was a hard hit for me to take and then try to recover that wasn't easy and I understood we're in this world crisis of trying to figure out what the heck is Mm. COVID um corona at the time the rona you name it there was a million names for them but the one thing I focused on was helping my podcast community into really just how do we utilize this time what do we talk about Let's not talk about this whole pandemic, this whole COVID-19, you know, Mm -hmm. and having an amazing group of about 30 podcasters across the U.S. in different states and from different countries. It really helped understand where everybody's at in the world. And we would chime in. I remember I said, you know what, let me focus on. Uh, creating Zoom meetings and just getting to know what everybody's up to. A lot of them lost their jobs. They had to shut down their business. A lot of them just really trying to turn around to podcasting and focus on that. So it was nice to really just be part of that community that my co-host and I co-founded and really just focus on them. And learn a lot from others. We decided to collaborate on different uh, podcasts. We decided to encourage them, hey, grab somebody else in this community and say, hey, let's create an episode. You know, let's take away from what's going on in this world because everybody's talking about it. How much more did you need to listen? Oh my God, I hated it. Right? So I kind of just took that opportunity and said, you know what? Create something awesome. Find somebody in this group and just interview them about them about their career or their business or something. 
And that's what really works. And just seeing them on video chat and seeing them like, hey, you know, this is happening or that's happening. I'm glad they were able to really take that downtime because, again, a lot of them lost their jobs and had to close up business and really focus on the podcast. That's what it did, right? I feel like it was a time for you to be creative if you could, or it was a time for you to kind of fix your life. Like, <laughs> like you just yeah. <laughs> you have to fix stuff or, you, you know, you're either getting creative. And it was just, it's so interesting hearing you because in my experience, it was completely different. I was dark. It was dark over here. So yeah, I'm glad that you were able to, in a sense, find it, find it, but not dark during the whole pandemic. Like when 2020 hit, I was able to do like a few Zoom. I did Zoom events. I also, I was able to like teach podcasting, uh, which was really fun, but it, it got to, by the time I got to 2021, girl. I couldn't do it no more. It was, that was it for me. So it, it was kind of, it's, it's so cool to hear your journey. And I must applaud you because you're so like strategic. And so like, mm, I'm going to drive this. This is going to happen. <laughs> that it, kinda, <laughs> it takes a lot. <laughs> I can imagine it takes a lot. Like me and like, I'm like, don't worry, chill. The people are going to come. And you're like, no, <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're gone. They're on like they're another planet right now. <laughs> you're like no they ain't coming I'm like yes they are it's true it's true in a sense where you're coming from but I always feel like if you have talent and if you have dedication and you're consistent it will come again and it'll come even better um girl I was so consistent I still publish five episodes I don't I know how you do that bro I me was one I'm like bro I'm dying <laughs> I was still consistent during the pandemic and I'm just like, what the heck? <laughs> I was, I was pretty good till 2021. You know what? You know what I did have? I had my 12 day holiday special Oh, where I would drop an episode every day and that did super well. I did that for 2020 going into 2021. That was my last holiday season. Now that I'm talking about it with you, I almost want to be like aggressive and try to see if I can, if I have the brain power to do it. But yo, I swear to you, I'm busier now than ever crazy it crazy. is it, it's just crazy how your life changes and then you have to adapt to this little hobby this project that literally it feels like a part-time job that you don't get paid for I kind of compare it to marathon running because when I used to do that uh it was literally like a part-time job I was running like every single day and exercising to reach my goal to you know do a full marathon and when I was training for a half marathon I spent a year and a half training. So it kind of reminded me of podcasting because it's it's never ending. You're just like, okay, I got this to do next. I got that to do next. And I got this to do next. And it just keeps piling on. But the thing, the only difference here is if you have passion, if you love what you do and you enjoy it, it doesn't really become hard work when you love it. But yes, I get it. Editing sucks. I get it. <laughs> But if you I had what? a million dollars, but you know what? I'll tell you something. Editing has become a lot faster for me, a lot easier. So when I have a guest on the show and they, they've been on TV shows, podcasts, etc. Oh, my life is easy. Trust me. I just like put in my intro, put in a little preview, put in my outro and we're done. We're done. That was like 10 minutes. But if it's been a while and I don't remember what the person was like, then I will listen to the whole thing, but then I'm doing other things at the same time, right? So it becomes easier. You know, there's people that, okay, that are super critiqued with their editing and stuff, which I'm kind of like, I've told a lot of people, listen, at the end of the day, like, are you going to spend an extra two hours on editing? Because listen, this girl right here, uh uh. And if you say it's awesome, psh, kudos to me. <laughs> well, that's just it. You know what, Angie? I've actually. I, I'll share with you and everybody listening. I've fallen in love with editing. I really like one of my like low key goals is just to be on the back end of things editing because I know now what you have to sound like to pop. Mm -hmm. So it, it's kind of like I, I've taken a love for it. I really do enjoy it. it more than the actual, I could actually say more than the actual recording process, which is wild to me because. I could record all day. I could record all day long. Yeah. No issue. But it's just one of those things now that I, when I'm having a conversation with somebody 
And like, there's a pause. I'm like, shoot, I'm going to have to edit that. I'm going to have to take this. And like, as I'm doing the interview, this is what I'm thinking about. Yeah. So the whole narrative has changed Mm. with things. And it's just, it's one of those things now that I wonder if my career in the long run will take Hannah being behind the scenes. Mm, That's a good one. Uh, So it's just, it's, it's, it's an idea I've been toying with because it's just, I, I know what needs to happen on the other side of things to make it sound good. For sure. And that could be, see, but you are recognizing your strengths and what you love and trying to come up with something, which I think probably would, a lot of people would say, this is a source of revenue, another source of income that you can really put yourself out there and just edit episodes for people. Why not? If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. You know, to me, it's it's like it's part of the journey. It doesn't bother you as much as before, because I would hear so many people say, oh, you got to remove the ands and the ums and the ahs and this and that. And I'm just like, so when I first started, when I had my first guest, I was just like, gosh, I'm going to be here all night. Like, what did I get myself into? But then you grow as a person, you grow as you interview people and you know, it's, it becomes natural to you. Like it's especially this whole process between you and I, for those who don't know off air, we're just like, how do we start this? And I'm just like, you know what, I'll just start it. You know, I got something in my brain just curating. So let me just, let's just do this. You know what I mean? So it becomes just second nature to you uh, to really, you know, put yourself out there as an interviewer or as a guest. So I've been lucky enough that most of my guests have experience. So I barely get any work to do on editing, which thank you to all my guests out there because it saves me a I'm lot of time. I'm giving you a real shout out right now. <laughs> Yo, for real. But, you know, it's it's a journey and I love it. You love it. I sense it in your voice. I see it, how you're utilizing it for events. And obviously you're a speaker. So how did you get into that? Speaking, you know, can I just give you a sidebar? My 16-year-old niece, her name is Anjali. And whenever I say your name, I think of her. So this whole interview, I don't know if you noticed when I when I came into the to the chat, I said, Hey Angie baby. And that's kind of what I call my niece. So I don't know, just talking to you, like just your name itself, it makes me happy. Aww. But I got into uh yeah, I love my niece. Shout out to you, Angie, if you're listening. But the how did I get to speaking? Do you want to know something? I'm shy. <laughs> Me too. I'm, huh? Yeah, I'm like an introvert, but because I had to figure out a way where I could see it's going to come, how I can make more money. It was never podcasting. It, it will never be podcasting. It's me getting on stage. Mm-hmm. So people like to be around me. People like the advice I give. I'm fun. I'm good vibes. And I really wanted to be Oprah. Okay, this is like my, like, I used to be called mini Oprah at the beginning because I wanted to be Oprah. I think Oprah is the queen of speaking. I could watch, I've watched hundreds of interviews and I can tell you till this day, I do not know what she's going to ask next. I don't. Like the way she does her interviews are just pure, sheer magic to me. The only conversation, her conversation that I've enjoyed the most And it's like a two, three part episode with Maya Angelou. And it's the only time I've seen her be a child and be in total awe of her guest. Like she's in awe of her guest, but with Maya, I felt like she was really like in awe of her. Besides the point, I'm I'm sidetracking, but I wanted to be Oprah and I want to be on stage and I wanted to fill, I still do the Air Canada Center, now Scotiabank Arena. That's my goal one day to fill that arena and have people come see me speak. So I got into speaking through Instagram. I opened up my page, Advice from Hannah, and I wanted to get on stage, but nobody wanted me on stage. (laughs) Nobody wanted me on stage. I had to go out there. I sent 200 DMs. Wow. To everybody and their mother. Hi, I'm a speaker. I want to be on stage. I can be your host. I can help you clean up. I can help you sell tickets. Like, (laughs) what do you need? (laughs) I want to be on stage. And I always tell this story, Adriana and Ilya, they were the very first two people that let me be their host. 
at their events. So I've gotten hosting gigs left, right, and center. Like, that's my thing. People like me to host. And I practically strategize and beg them <laughs> to be a speaker. I'm like, how do you have 700 followers on Instagram and you've never done an event before? <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, this is me. This is me, right? I'm like, you need to do one. I'll help you. And girl, I hustled them $20 tickets. Like those kids with them chocolate bars in the hood. It was wow. just one of those things. I asked everybody. Nobody wanted to come see me. I got literally three tickets sold. And two of them were at my event on Saturday when, when you went. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were on my very first gig. And I had cue cards. I was about 135 pounds and like super slim. And I could not stare at people at all. But you know what? I made them, I made them laugh. And I made them resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And from then on... Being a speaker, the only way I can tell you I became a speaker was by creating my own events. I was the only person that was willing to give me a chance. So I collaborated with everybody and their mother to be on stage until I started getting uh, corporate bookings, uh, Microsoft, Economic Club of Canada, uh, just to name a few. Artscape, I do work for the Canadian Latin Association of Music. Uh, so I've been able to do that, but that has been through consistency and creating my own events and creating my own buzz, creating, having my own media channel, having my own pictures up. Like that is the way I became a speaker. There was no course. Wow. There was no handouts. There was nothing but me just creating it for myself. That's amazing. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. And I'm still trying to figure this out because, you know, I am, a, I volunteer for the Learning Disability Association of York Region. And that's like my chapter because they call the different locations chapters. And I, you know, reached out to them and I said to listen, you know, I, I want to be able to share my story because that moment in 2017, I was just like, you know what? I can share my successes. You know, I, I've, I've accomplished a lot and I was able to do a lot of things. I went through school, like I've done a lot. So, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. I've done a lot of virtual speaking events through them and uh, I'm trying to get into more in person. I know we were supposed to do a panel, uh, but it's because of the pandemic and everything, everything just, oh my gosh, like everything went on a pause. So now we're trying to restart things in person. And that's one thing I want to do is experience my first stage. And I'm hearing you and I'm thinking, oh damn, like I am a shy person. Don't get me wrong here, but I can really get the conversation going if I got the right host with me. And I think that's what's important or the MC. If that MC can really talk, I can talk back, like no problem. We can be here all day, you know? So I love how you shared how the hustle, you shared the resiliency, you shared how consistent you are. And what have you learned about yourself? Ooh, you touch a string on me. You touch this. You're doing that thing. You're doing the thing I do to people. Um, You know what? I realized that there's no challenge too big. If you were to tell me, Hannah, you need to get on CP24 in the next three months, I, by God, I will go talk to anybody I can to do it. There's nothing I can't do. I can do it all. It just takes time, patience, and a lot of gut for you to go out there. I'm almost, I can tell you want to be a speaker and I can tell you want to have your event. So I'll extend it out to you on air. If you want to curate your own event and you need me to MC or you need me to interview, if you like my work, by all means, I will gladly help you. Um, It's just one of those things that I find that a lot of people want to do and they're scared to do. And it's realistically, you can rent a small room. You can, through your connections, you can, you know, a restaurant that's open at nighttime, you can ask them how much their fee is to have it open on a Wednesday night when they're not popping. Um, You know, you could just, you could do so much to get on stage. It doesn't, what I would like to change is the narrative that a corporation has to book you first in order for you to do so. You can do it yourself and then go show the corporations, look what the fuck I just did without you. Now you're going to hire me or not? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. kind of what I do, mm-hmm. right? So I, it's it's one of those things I don't feel like there's anything I can't do. However, however, I have learned that there's a time for everything. And when I've tried to do too much, it ends up, I end up overworking myself. And the person that loses out the most when I'm burnt out is me. 
So I need to take care of myself in the process because if not, I then I can't function, right? And then I lose out. I'm over here overworking myself to collaborate, to do this and that. And you're gaining and so am I, but I'm losing my mental health and my rest to do so. And that's not the way I want to run things, right? Un- yeah, no, understandable. And I've been through, I think, one burnout almost to the second. And that's where I had to... Well, I'll tell you something. My husband knocked on the door and said, did you forget about me? <laughs> I was just like, went back to the computer. I'm like, I'm editing this. Like, This thing needs to get done. <laughs> but then after it was just like, oh my gosh, you know, did I burn through like six months and then not realizing I've done nothing but work, podcast, work, podcast, work, podcast, work. It became like a song, podcast, work podcast where because i gotta get shit done like you know what i mean and it's just like when do i stop so then that's when i realized okay you know what i need to actually fit time for self-care so i kind of just said you know what screw the weekend i'm not gonna do any podcast recording unless this person is in new zealand or south africa because their time zones are like way off like you gotta be either lately at night for them to be in the morning or afternoon whatever it is that was it like I had to rechange my schedule rechange my life and just okay what am I gonna focus on where's that self-care so and then this year even more I felt like I had to force myself because when I actually gave birth last year I had the whole community come together and said don't worry Angelica we've got this we'll I'll guest co-host on your show. I'll have it edited, put it in the drive. You just pop it in, schedule it in. Don't worry, we got this under control. And I said, okay, cool, guys. Like, that's awesome. And then baby came along. I spent that whole month just kind of like, oh, my gosh, like this was plus a traumatic um, labor I had. And then recovering and everything. Like, now I have this human being that I need to take care of. How do I get back? So then I really took that month and a half to really regroup and I had a lot of batch episodes I've done which already pre-edited and everything it's just everything else that I have with my co-host you know she was working behind the scenes still doing because she still needs content on her podcast and it's amazing to see the community come together really help me out here and that's where I said okay where do we put the boundaries I've got this kid what do I do I managed to just get everything done And there was points where, you know, baby's napping for like three, four hours. I'm just going to record an episode, give people an update, see how I'm doing, edit, do whatever I got to do. And that's what I did. And then, of course, like I mentioned earlier, when my mom retired uh, in January, I was just like, you know what? I need your help. I need to get this going. My mom was very encouraging, though. And even my parents are like, you know what? Just keep doing it. It just kind of helps you set a schedule for yourself to kind of get away from everything that you've done. And it's true. It helped me kind of escape a little bit. Yeah, there's been times where I couldn't sleep last night because you're thinking about a whole bunch of million things. And plus, I have a small business. I'm I'm a photographer, too. So it's like, you know, you're trying to balance everything. But, you know, I just have this motivation and resiliency in me to just keep going, keep going. Like I just I literally used up my maternity leave as in just focusing on my small business, try to book in some more clients for photography, but also working on the podcast. Cause you know, it's amazing to have that open, flexible availability where you can just say, Hey, let me just schedule a couple people here and we'll see how this goes. Well, that's just it. I hear you. And I feel like this is going to be me if I ever have kids. <laughs> like, I feel like I would, I would try to maximize everything the most that I can. I, I just, I want to tell you, like, don't feel guilty for being ambitious And don't feel guilty for wanting more for yourself. That's okay. That's okay. Sometimes I find, at least with my experience when I was married, I always found that it was not applauded to the level that I would like. You know, you you brought me back to when it's like, hey, hello, I exist. I would hear that all the time. Like, hey, you know, by the way, you have a husband. By the way, there's laundry to do. By the way, there's this. And I'm like, yo, homie, don't you get it? I'm trying to thrive. You know, Mm. so... It was just one of those things. And I and I wish somebody told me this. So I'm telling you this. Just don't scale back because of it. I understand that there needs to be a balance in life. But for you to have a balance in life, you need to focus on certain things 
at a certain time period in order to get the balance later, which is something I've learned the hard way. So if you got to grind and you got to do your thing, then you got to do your thing. And whoever's around is going to have to understand. If not, wear some shades, baby, because I'm shining. (laughs) No, I agree with you. You're absolutely right. And that's where I, you know, had to set the rules. Like, you know, this is this is who I am. This is what I want to be. You know, I'm, I'm meeting people is like the best thing I'm able to do through podcasting, the connections, you know, I met with magazine editors who are just like, Hey, you know, I want to feature you. Great. You know, those are opportunities. Opportunities come all the time, you know? So it's just, I, I agree with you. We do have to set the boundaries and kind of, if you're in that mode of hustling, you need to set it out there and keep doing it. And trust me, I'm, I'm the hustler. I'm the one trying to like, you know, get away from the situation that I am currently and try to make it better. How can I, you know, top it off? You know, where can I get this to like, you know, I'm always thinking bigger and better. And that's where I, that's where I am. I just want to be better. I want it to be bigger. I want this thing to explode. I want to connect with more people. You know, I would love to be taking the stage, you know, I'm, I'm utilizing my skills and improving them to do that. You know, I got into voiceover acting, you know, and it was awesome. Yeah, okay, I didn't get a gig, but to me, that's the experience. Like, wow, I got additions to really apply for. This is awesome. You know, it, it led me to opportunities that I didn't even think I would. But the most importantly, it helped me gain this confidence. I'll tell you a story because we're talking about relationships and stuff. Because, you know, for me, I feel like as a woman in this world, I want to really empower. And we both are empowering right now through this episode for those listening. Like you have to follow your dreams and really just set your goals and go after them. Don't let anyone stop you. My mom's even told me that. Don't let anybody stop you. Is the, If that's oh, what you want. Like- Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> they really, they really tell you to go after your dreams. And, you know, I really love that. And my, also my dad too has been very supportive. Like, you know, you do it, you do you, whatever it is, we will always be behind you. They always tell me that. And I remember this one time, someone nominated me in the podcast. They told me after, uh, because there was a local, you know, community Etobicoke votes. They have it all over the GTA, all over the province. And they nominated me into it. And then word got out in the community. And then I found out, I got an email that I was nominated. So then after... um, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to share this news. And obviously when you're married, you share it to your significant other. So I said, oh my gosh, my, I got, I got nominated. I'm up against Z103, Ching FM, like all these other radio stations, but they put me into the radio station category. And, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I got nominated. Like, this is awesome. There's people out there, you know, that really love the podcast. So he's just like, well, don't hold your breath on it because you're not going to win anything because you're up against like Z103 who get 4 million people listening every single day. And I was just like, well, the best thing here is being nominated. If you have that and you've been nominated, that's already an accomplishment. Whatever happens, happens. So there's like this process. They start in uh, early July and then they end uh, the nominations in September. And then depending on the number of nominations, you make it to the top four, which is the voting stages, which is only one month in October. So they really, you know, get you to promote it as much as you can to get people to vote for you for the final stage. And then you go on to the final round and they announce if you came in platinum, gold, silver, bronze, and then the list goes on, right? So once that month was over, I get this email saying that, congratulations, you won platinum. And I was just like, excuse me, what? I had to reread it like three times, Hannah. And I had to search up on Google if platinum was better than gold because I didn't know. I was freaking out. Alice, is it better? Is it better? (laughs) I'm just like, what is it? What is it? So I kept searching. I kept searching. So then they finally updated the website because it tells you in order who, who has won what. And I go on the website and I'm just like, oh my gosh this cannot happen. I'm like freaking out, freaking out. Like Z103 came right underneath me. And I was just like, is this happening right now? Like, is this like a dream? And I'm seeing this and I'm just like overwhelmed with tears and everything. And I said, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. Like 
this is a joke. Like I was just freaking out. I, I was going through so many emotions. So, and then all of a sudden I tell my husband, I said, listen, I got platinum award for that, you know, for that um, community, Etobicoke community votes. The one, the, that website that I told you that I got nominated for, I actually won platinum. Z103 came right under me. And he's like, what? And I said, yes. So I kind of like threw it in his face. And then when I got the award in the mail in January, I was just like, here you go. Here you go. So I put it in his office and I was just left it there. And I'm just like, you could stare at that because, you know, the crap that sometimes comes out of your mouth and doubting me, this is proof that I can do what it takes to make it. So to me, that was like the highlight of, you know what? Let me do my thing here because I know what I'm doing. And I always encourage other women to do the same thing. Don't let anybody else tear you down. Don't let anybody else tell you what not to do. You just do it because you can. You have me freaking tearing up. Jesus Christ. You fucking tell him. You, <laughs> you fucking tell him. Sorry, I don't know if you swear on your podcast, but you fucking tell him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, first of all, congratulations you know, for, for winning. That's so cool. That's so cool that, that you won. I, I, to me, you won like, I don't know, diamond level for you getting platinum. I don't even know what platinum means, but it's just one of those things you, you touch a chord on me because your parents are so supportive of you. And I, and I really hope that at least from like our cross show that we just did, what you take away is that your parents are your strength and they're the reason why you're successful. So no matter what, any stupid loser says you are always successful. Mm-hmm. Even when you lose, you're always successful because you have been able to do something that a lot of people don't do. And that's try. Mm-hmm. People don't want to try. It's a risk that we all take. And, you know, we talked about risk too at your show. It's it, the, a lot of people ask me like, why do you do everything? And I said, well, listen, my dad is an immigrant. You know, he was the first one to leave the country that he grew up and was born in he left the country in a war with their own people because in Nicaragua it's still communism Mm -hmm. and at that time he's just like I need a better life for my family I can't be living like this so he left he traveled by bus by train was in Costa Rica for a bit you know the, the people in the little towns feeding him food because he knew he had this plan. Like I need to get to the United States. I need to get to the United States. You know, they, my dad told me his heartfelt like story and I was in tears, Hannah. I was just like, Oh my gosh. And every time I talk about it, sometimes it brings me back emotions because to me, for him to, you know, send money to random people, making sure that you were passing every checkpoint who he got detained in Mexico. He got caught so many times because he's trying to find a better life for his family and, you know, swimming through rivers. It's just like just to get to that point. And mm-hmm. once he landed and got on a plane and went to um, Miami and settled in there and seeing that journey, what he had to go through. You know, he didn't turn back. He kept going. After he was, um, he got out of the detain area in Mexico, he's just like, I'm just going to keep going. When am I going to go back? For what? I spent mm-hmm. weeks. I spent days. I spent hours. I barely have any clothes. People are feeding me in the towns. You know, letting me their, use their bathroom and their shower to freshen up. Wash my clothes for the day so I could keep going. Sleepless nights gets to Florida, get his, he got his papers and everything. It was great. And then he had this opportunity to go to Canada and he did. He jumped on a plane with the money he made in construction and decided to come here to Toronto. You know, he managed to save up a lot of money and brought my brother and my mom over and settled here. And to me, to listen to that story, I can, I feel like for myself, I have to, you know, utilize the opportunities. We live in Canada. For those in the U.S., most of my listeners are from the U.S., you know, we have these opportunities. We have to take advantage. You know, the worst thing I could do is, you know, not take advantage. And my parents telling me, why didn't you do it? Knowing Mm -hmm. that the biggest risk they took, the journey that it took them, especially for my father to get here, no. 
he taught me to take the risk. He taught me to just keep going because look at the journey that he's been through. You know, it sucks, you know, but he had to do whatever it took to really give myself and my brother a better life. Because he always said, if you guys were born there, you got nothing. Yeah, yeah. You got nothing. And I think that's relatable to you and to everybody else when they come from smaller third world countries. You got nothing, you know, but it's just like being here. It always gives me that motivation and drive to do things. And always in the back of my head, I have that. You know, my dad struggled. He struggled to get here. You know, it's 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 it, it's a crazy journey. I'm trying to curate it into an episode, try to get him on the show somehow. Get him he doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. But, you know, there's a lot of YouTube videos who people are kind of curious how people get here from self and self in Central America. Um, it's called The Bestia. And I saw it on YouTube. We saw it on a documentary on TV. And he's like, wow, he it's he shed a tears. He's like, that was the same thing to me. You know, you hop on that train, the trains of cargo that are going to Mexico. Mm -hmm. You hop on there, you hold on to your life. People get off and just try to find food, but not many make it. And it's just like, holy crap. You know, so to hear that for me, this motivation, this drive, this resiliency is for me because I want to take advantage of all these opportunities. And he tells me he's very proud of me. He's happy. You know, this is what he wanted for his children, for them to strive and to take on risks. Life is a risk. If we don't take we don't chance it, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. No, well, that's that's where your that's where your drive comes from. That's where it comes from. And I think it's really important for you to talk about this and talk about it often. So then when people come and say, oh, well, it's so easy for you to X, do X, Y, Z, you could tell them I got a I got veins from a warrior so of course I'm going to come in here and tear it up and, and do my thing because I don't have another choice but excellence because that's kind of what I've been bred to do and it comes naturally to you so like like I, I feel like you're my twin flame but I feel like you're my twin <laughs> flame like heightened <laughs> I'm talking to you and I'm like oh my gosh she's so cool I must have this has been probably the episode that I have fan growth anybody this oh much. my god no <laughs> Fan girl, and we totally. met in person, which is which is unusual for a lot of podcasters because it's hard to meet our guests sometimes, and it's it's so it difficult, is. bro. And people are always like, "Can you come out here?" I'm like, "Do you know all the things that I do in a day? Like a Zoom call, you can catch me on a Zoom call a lot faster than you can catch me in person. I'm like a leprechaun." <laughs> like You're a so leprechaun. right. You're so right. But you know. With all of this and experiences, it just, you know, it shows people who we are truly as not just podcasters, but our like our true soul, our calling mm -hmm. and why we do this stuff. You know, we 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 all have stories. We all have reasonings why we do things in life. And it's amazing to share that. And I love the way we curated this because it helps people understand who Hannah is. You know, I want advice from Hannah now. <laughs> and people can see who I am and what I do. You know, I know. So. This is cool. We should do it again one of these days when, you know, when we both have time in like six years. <laughs> oh my God. Let's not let it go too far. <laughs> Let's we hope we're still podcasting then. <laughs> Listen, if I'm not where I, I won't even get into this right now. If I'm not where I need to be in six years, I'm going to have a real conversation with myself. <laughs> a real one. <laughs> Hey, we may have TV shows and we'll be on our TV shows. Like, you know, that's that would be awesome. It, you know what? I've always wanted to be on TV. It's like it's one of my goals is to be on TV, is to act. Um, I really would love it. But now the dream has like morphed into I want to act, but I also want to produce it. So I want to be behind the screen, but I also want to be on the screen at the same time. Because I, I feel like I could do both. So it, it's it's just one of those things now that's been kind of my, that's what I've learned in singlehood. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're enjoying it. And I love how you're finding the skills. You're finding what you love. And now, okay, this is going to be a thing. You know, that'd be awesome if you can direct, produce and be on TV a lot. Some actors do that now. And I see so much in you and I relate to you so much because 
you do a million things and so do I. This is just the gist of what I do, but yeah. there's so much <laughs> more to that, which is pretty crazy. And again, a lot of people ask me like, how do you do it? And I'm just like, I just do it. You, sleep. <laughs> you know, I still sleep sometimes at night, but my brain doesn't shut off completely. So it's like, I'm fake sleeping, but I'm still trying to sleep. But yeah. it's just, you know, I feel like for you and I, and really coming together and sharing our experiences will help others out there and really say, you know what? Hey, if these two can do it, then. Oh, God, anybody can do it if I could do it. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Girl, please. <laughs> like whenever like, I hear I'm like, you're really. But the the thing I feel like the key with me is I I'm very strategic with the things that I do. And there's always a method to my madness. Um, and I'm not afraid to start small and kind of scale and, and grow, you know, in, into what I really want it to be. I, I don't mind waiting. I don't need a pill or potion to make it go faster. It's I know what my skills are and I know what needs to happen to develop them. And I do things consistently every day to get there. But it to me at this point of my life, if it happens in two years or if it happens in 10, I'm still going to be content. That's like a lesson that I've that I've learned uh, so far, even though I told I just said in six years, if I'm not doing the thing, I'm going to have a conversation with myself, but I'm going to have a conversation with myself to see what have I not been doing to get closer to it. Yeah, for but sure. But I feel like it's a, it's a law if a, it's a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's one of those things. I'll be transparent. I feel like sometimes people want to collaborate with me and, and do things with me and I don't agree to it right away. And I feel like they they get upset. Or, or something because I'm like, yo, right now I don't have the time, but please circle back with me at this date. I'm not saying circle back with me to like BS. I'm saying it because there's something I need to do before that that needs to get out of my system in order for me to give my 150% self to you. So it's it's just, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I feel like I just need to say it. No. So it's not, yeah. I don't know if you get where I'm coming from, but I, I completely understand. And we're on different wavelengths. And this is another great point is kind of learning. People need to respect boundaries, respecting our, you know, I have people too that say, Hey, I want to collaborate. Oh, Hey, I want to be on the podcast. And I'm just like, I have a wait list of 60 people. Can you wait till like the new year? And they're like, um, so you don't want me on the show? I'm like, that's not the point. Like, cause I work, I work with a lot of PR people. And when I say no, they're like, okay, well, when can you have them on? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in three months. Apparently, you know, we're supposed to have all these tornadoes in the summer. Did it happen? No. So, you know, life still goes on. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like people just need to understand that we're human, right? Yeah. Some people think I'm a robot, but really I'm not. I'm a human being. Sometimes at night, sometimes I have my moments, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm hormonal. Like, it's just like, I'm always crying all the time, which is a thing, which is fine. But, you know, we, we have so much going on and we're trying to do our best. We're trying to accomplish our goals and everything. And it's just, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, sometimes you just got to say no. You just got to figure out all the other stuff that you're dealing with. And then you'll come back to it. It happens. You know, I'll yeah. tell you something. Like, I remember this one guest. She's like, hey, when is my episode coming out? And I'm just like, oh, my God, who's this person? I search up. I go onto the Zoom, like my folder that I have on the I iCloud Drive. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't have her. Did we do an episode? Oh, girl. I deleted her her interview by mistake on the Zoom drive on the cloud there. I can't get it back because it was recorded in January. And I tell her, you know what? I'm so sorry. I cannot believe this happened. And I sent her a voice note after just to kind of like, you know, I'm really sorry about this. Like, I, I can't find your interview. I can't even retrieve it because once it's gone mm -hmm. 30 days out of that Zoom cloud, that's it. You're not getting anything back. And I sent her an email, an apology email, and I sent her a Facebook message voice note because that's how we communicated. And she was just, I could tell she was upset. She just didn't answer back. And it's like, sorry, like I make mistakes too, right? Things happen. Yeah. What happens if my computer exploded and I couldn't get access to the drive? Are you going to be upset with me too? So I feel like this is the learning process as a podcaster. And I, I had to learn how to say no to certain people especially people with background in politics. Listen, that's great that you love politics, but when you're on my show 
and I'm Canadian, I don't know nothing about what's happening on the outside world. So you need to respect that, right? Because, you know, some people can really get into a rabbit hole and I'm just sitting there like, huh, what are you even talking about? Like, I didn't know (laughs) you even had a president, you know what I mean? (laughs) So it's just like, we have to respect people's boundaries too and everything that we do in life. And, you know, we're human, we're human. I, you know, I wish I had a team of people. It's funny every time I go on, on Instagram stories and I'm just like, hey, we're publishing this episode or we've interviewed. I'm just like, why am I saying this? Because why am I'm, I saying we? Yeah. Why? I say we too. And I'm like, no, it's me, bitch. It's me. <laughs> exactly. And I've been in retail for, I was in retail for 18 years of my life. And every time was, it's we, 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 we. 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 I think it was the retail stint. Yeah, so it's it's just ingrained in me to say we, even though you are ten people <laughs> doing it all. Oh so, my god, I'm gonna say I next time. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Just say I, 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 I. Just put a sticky note on your monitor and just put the 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 word I, and then that way you can remember. Oh gosh, but you know, I wish we had more time because I need to make sure my baby's okay. But you know, Hannah, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed collaborating with you on this episode. Please tell my listeners where they can find you. Well, if you guys want to catch up with me, you can check out my website at www.advicefromhannah.com. That's Hannah without the H.com. And you can find all the links to my hustle there. And thank you. Thank you so much. That's all we have for now. I'm Anthony. And I'm Jessica with the Beautiful Feet Podcast. Hey, it's your boy Bromar, host of the Bromar Show. Hello, everyone. It's the Coupon Queen Pin from the CQP Moments Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is your boy Ken. A.K.A. The Gentleman of the Gentleman Lifestyle Podcast. Hi, this is Stephanie Valente, your local massage therapist. And you're listening to to a little bit of everything everything with Angelica. Angelica. That's it for now. And thank you for tuning in on another episode of A Little Bit of Everything with me, 